welcome. And thank you for listening to the Rooted Podcast, where we hope to grow deeper into God's Word. Thank you for joining us on this journey, and we pray that this ministry is a blessing to you and your family. Welcome to Rooted, where we're committed to growing deeper in God's Word together. We're glad you're here on this journey with us. We're in Season 1, Episode 1 of our series, our first season of this podcast, our series, Who God Says He Is. And in Episode 1, we're talking about God the Creator. And Becky's going to share some thoughts with us on what a creator is. Um, so what's interesting about a creator is that here on earth, we think of creators as artists and musicians and people who build structures. Um, but we do that with other materials. So artists have canvases and paint and they put it all together and they make this beautiful painting. And musicians have musical instruments and notes and rhymes and rhythms and words, and they just put them all together in a specific series of, you know, tunes and and words, and they make beautiful music. But God created from nothingness. Mm -hmm. So he created literally from nothing like he didn't have any raw materials like we do as artists and I just find that super fascinating Um, it even says that God created the darkness so when we were talking about this podcast episode a while back um, my brain immediately saw nothingness as darkness like just black but God also created that. So he created literally from nothing, and we don't even know what nothing looks like. Right. To use your analogy, we can't even imagine what a blank canvas would be. Yeah. We yeah. Uh, we exist in a world that consists of all the things that God already made. What we consider to be the building blocks of life are things that he created. So we we can't even imagine what that first reel, so to speak, would have looked like, what that blank canvas would have looked like before he started intervening and creating. It's crazy to even think about um, because there's no way to to really imagine it. Um, Because if God created the heavens and the earth and he created everything from you know, the very beginning, he created light and darkness. Like, there's just, what was that nothingness? So, it's just something to have in the back of your mind when we start talking about creation. Right. There's a uh, there's a lot of verses in the Bible about creation. And even, even the first five words in the Bible itself are, In the beginning, God created. I mean... It all starts with him. It all starts at the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, God created. We're not going to exactly start in the beginning today. Uh, Since this series is who God says he is, um, we went a little different route with the verse that we want to be, want to use as our key verse today. Our key verse today. 
our key verse today is going to be from Isaiah uh, chapter 45. Um, in the theme of who God says he is, we just thought that this was the perfect scripture because Isaiah 45 is literally a letter of introduction from God to Cyrus, the king of Persia. God sends his word through Isaiah to Cyrus, who's the king of Persia, who ultimately is the world ruler at the time. Through Isaiah the prophet. And this is how God refers to himself in Isaiah 45, verse 12. I am the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. All the stars, the heavens, he stretched them out. So when I, when I think of stretching out, um, I physically think about like actually grabbing something and stretching it or stretching dough or Play-Doh, you know, like you pull it from both ends. And I find that interesting because um, the word stretched out actually means to overthrow or cause to bow down or to yield. Yeah, when you go back to the uh, to the Hebrew word there. Yeah, yeah. When you get to the root of it. When you get to the root. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we're going to start at the beginning of that verse, though, and we're going to kind of break it down, right? Right. So I am the one who made the earth. I is, uh, of course, God. The one who made. Um, the word made there is very interesting. It's bara, and it means to create. Um, so we we see made is is equal to create. But it appears in the Bible 54 times in Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, uh, 1 Samuel, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Amos, and Malachi. And I just find that very interesting that it's 54 times in across the entire Bible, you know, Old Testament to, uh, to new, pretty much. Um, so it's across the entire Bible. So I think that's interesting. Um, the earth and created people to live on it. So I am the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. So he's saying he made all the inhabitants of the earth. And I just, um, that's not, to me, inhabitants aren't just people. It's everything that's on the earth he made. With my own hands, or with my hands, and my hands actually, that, the root of that word means with open hands, and it says that it actually indicates power. So, like, with my hands, I stretched out the heavens. Instead of, like, physically stretching he literally just opened his hands and it happened. So, That's good. So, yeah. yeah, I imagine like he opens his hands almost like a book and mm-hmm. just kind of like opens them up and then like the heavens just stretch. Right. Like, it just, I, I wish you could see like my, my, my hands moving right now <laughs> because I think that that helps kind of symbolize what I'm talking about. 
You don't want to see my hands when I'm talking. Trust me. <laughs> it's not pretty. Um, but that is a that is an awesome analogy, and I think that that helps us a little bit to think about um, the initial moment of creation when God is, as we would say, laying the foundations of everything. Mm-hmm. It he just does it. Yeah, it just, just comes into being. It just springs into existence. There's no process. It just happens. If you think about the amazing imagination that that must take right, to just even imagine something that you've never seen right. or has never existed. Right. That's true because most of the things that we think about and we imagine are things that we have been exposed to in some way, shape, or form. Um, so to just just the, the power of imagination that you say, like to, to just conceive of, all the plants, all the animals, everything, all the order of the universe, um, you know, the planets and their rotations, the, the day and night cycles, the sun, the moon, the stars, all the celestial bodies, everything. It, when you look at the solar system, it moves with the precision of a clock. It's mm-hmm. incredibly precise. Yeah. Um, and just to bring all of that into existence in a moment in the blink of an eye there's no way my brain could ever imagine all of that much less make it work so seamlessly right right um i stretched out the heavens and so the word heavens there means sky clouds or higher ether literally meaning the heavens in the sky All the stars are at my command. My, meaning God, the creator, who, of course, is Lord of all creation. He is supreme being. He is Jehovah. Um, at his command. And so command there, the root word there means to set in order. So he set the stars in order. He set everything into place. so awesome god is awesome you just stop and you know as we're talking about this and just trying to visualize everything just coming into place at exactly the right moment as he said it should um in the beginning you know uh in the beginning we know from genesis that when god looked at his creation he sat back and looked at everything at the at the end of creation, and he said, "It is good." Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe in the beginning, everything was created perfectly as it should have been. What we live in now is, of course, been affected by sin and uh, decay, and just you know all the bad stuff that largely we as human beings brought upon ourselves. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It it does show that um he's always in control of everything. Like, you know, he might 
might have created this piece, but he also set it in motion. So he created the stars. He set them in motion. He put them in order. He stretched out the heavens and he made where we live and everything we see and everything that we're in all of um, when we look at the sky and see a beautiful sunset. He made it all and he set it to be in its place at that time. He's just, he's always there and he's always in control. When we uh, when we think about that, that brings to mind for me um, the verse in Revelation four eleven where glory is being given to God, and it says, "Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created." Your will. Your will. Your will. He just he just spoke it into existence. Um, which goes back to which goes back to Genesis. I was I was just gonna God say created, like in yeah. Genesis he created human beings, and he took dust from the ground that he had already also created to form man. So he took his own creation to form man, kind of giving us. As an artist, it gives me a symbol of how to create something from what we have been given. Um, that just hit me. But And then he breathed his own life into that man, creating a living being. Right. And just think about that, too, because we see dirt, dust, whatever you want to call it, every day. And we don't think of that as something that could be a creative force and and really it's not um not I without mean, his breath not not without his touch and his breath uh those two things coming together obviously um obviously you know dirt can provide nourishment and stuff to plants and things like that we're not we're not talking about that but we're just talking about as you know the ability to bring new life from nothing like it, it reminds me, and I don't have it in my notes, but it reminds me of the verse from Isaiah where he talks about uh, we, are the, we are the clay and he is the potter. Mm-hmm. And he's always he's shaping us. I mean, that's literally what he did with Adam. He, he took a ball and of dirt. And with Eve. Like yeah. he took, you know, he took the rib mm-hmm. and formed Eve from something that was also already made by him, Adam. Right. Who was made from dust. Right which he also made. So you can see like it's just trickles. Like everything that has been made has been made by him. Right. That's good. Um, I guess that also means if we are made in his image and he, because he made Adam in his image and even his image, he made all of us in his image from things that he also made. Um, by accepting him, we also have that eternal spirit. Right. And, you know, as you were saying that, something else came to me. Um, We're talking about the glory of God in creation, and we're talking about the great detail with which he created everything and the, the, the time, you know, the thought that he put into making everything. And human beings are the same way. He Mm -hmm. really, he was very intentional about how he made us about how he designed us and there's I don't believe there's any accidents in life 
Um, no matter where you are today, I believe that if you have breath in your lungs, it's God's will for you to be alive a hundred percent. Just like he breathed the breath of life into the first man, Adam. And then he will say, gave us the components (laughs) to reproduce life. But I believe that he himself is still the author of every life. Every life that comes into existence, I believe, is breathed directly from God. Yeah, at least created by him. I mean, with us being given our own ability to reason and make choices and, you know, the entrance of sin and all that, we can choose not to follow his leading, um, but we have the choice to follow him as well. And I also think it's interesting that he created all the animals and all the other things here on earth, but the only one that he's requested fellowship with um, really is us. Right, right. That's absolutely um, true. It's it's interesting that that's the case, and he also created us in his image. So he wanted like-minded, like-hearted individuals to follow and love and worship. Absolutely. He didn't, he didn't want the dolphins to follow him necessarily. Right. Right. (laughs) Think about all the things that he made in creation and he really made creation beautiful. I mean, from one end of the spectrum to the other, where you're talking about stars or galaxies or just a flower blooming here on earth or, you know, sandy beaches or whatever, he made it all beautiful, but none of that was called to be in fellowship with him. None of that was called to walk with him. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, and, and we're called to walk with him in the garden. It's supposed to be a daily part of our routine is to speak with him, or we, uh, you know, as we would say, pray to him, but yeah. speak with him um, and hear from him. We should also be hearing from him. That's a two-way street. So before I get too far down a rabbit hole, (laughs) um, maybe we'll look at a couple other verses Mm -hmm. about creation. You referenced this one earlier. Isaiah 45, 7. I create the light and make the darkness. I send the good times and the bad. Mm Mm-hmm. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. See, as Christians, we sometimes forget we're supposed to accept everything as though it comes from the Lord, good and bad. And here he's telling us not only, you know, we know the verse, then the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light. We know he created light. We don't think about him creating darkness, but that's also here. I mean, for it to exist, he had to create it. So the word there um, used for darkness is um, raw, and or raa, depending on I, I don't know I don't know Hebrew, so I don't know how, exactly how to pronounce it. It means bad or evil, um, but you know there's so many other things that it can mean. Um, it also means heaviness and hurt and mischief and misery 
It means um, sore and sorrow and trouble and wickedness, wretchedness, wrong. So it's basically the opposite of all good. Right. And that, I mean, that really parallels really well with the second part of the verse. I send the good times and the bad times. God is the, the master of analogies, um, as we know, in any language that he's speaking in. So, And the, the good times there means peace, uh, shalom. And the, um, the, the word used for, um, for the darkness and the evil there is unshalom, shalom. So it's like peace and unpeace. Like I bring the peace, I, I make the peace and the unpeace. I create the light, the goodness and the darkness the bad i created it all i also make the peace and the unpeace so it's he's kind of just like explaining it i think in terms that people in that time would understand like i i don't understand the word shalom completely unless i like yeah we know it we know it means peace yeah but it means so much right and so um it's like total peace, like yeah, complete, like complete and utter, like to body, your core. mind, soul, everything, total peace. But I found that interesting that it means peace and unpeace, and so I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that's good. Another verse that's um, not exactly about God creating the earth, but kind of shows a little bit of God's knowledge. Like this is something that God gave us, gave us also from Isaiah a very long time ago. Um, that kind of shows his knowledge and, and his craftsmanship from his perspective uh, that he has an outside view of the world. Um, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, he says, is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Um, one of the key things that, that really gets me about this verse is it's kind of showing us God's perspective from outside of the planet so to speak. And this is something that was spoken, you know, a long time ago. And the time that this was spoken, basically the dominant worldview was that the world was uh, riding around through space on the back of a giant turtle or something along those lines. <laughs> on the back of a giant turtle. But <laughs> I, can't, I can't get that image out of my mind. But in this time when, you know, the understanding of, uh, planets and just the earth in general is so limited through Isaiah God's saying I see the earth as a circle and the word there in Hebrew I forget the actual word um, the Hebrew language doesn't have a word like we would say sphere Um, the word that they say circle is the closest thing that would have been the word that they would use if they were describing something that was like a, a full sphere, like a ball or what have you. It's chug, 
K um C H U G with a little like carrot thing over the U. Chug. So that one always uh It means uh, a circle, a circuit or circular. So it it really means circle. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean it means exactly what it's translated. Um the bit of knowledge there is just realizing that uh it it's what they would have said for sphere also like because the earth is a globe it's a sphere it's completely round um and that's just awesome and uh one of those things that god kind of give gives a hint early on to man to to help us discover that on our own also And that he, he stretches out the heavens, which we already talked about, and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but uh, space, we know, or at least from what we can tell, we know space goes on forever. Like we, we believe, you know, mankind's knowledge, we think within our knowledge that it's just endless, that it never ends. It just goes on forever. Um, and just think about that because that teaches us a little bit about God because no, you know, he, he's infinite. So you want to know something fun is I just clicked on that, the word, um, stretched out there in this particular verse is nata in, uh, Isaiah 45, 12, it's bara. It actually, it means basically the same thing, but Stretching out um, the heavens in Isaiah forty five twelve means to create. Um, this actually means to spread out by implication of being bent away. So the heavens are actually, are, you know, like he stretched out below where he is to bend it away from him. Right. So like my hands are doing this like weird triangle motion going down. That, um, but it means the, to like deflect away from me, right? Like, to push away, and that's the that's the word you would need for spreading out a tent. Yeah, that you're gonna dwell mm. in. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that is good. See what happens when you start diving in, you start <laughs> digging, you find all these little nuggets. It's like gold. One more thing before we head out. Yeah, so um, Hebrews 11.3 tells us, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And there's a couple really good nuggets in here. One of those relates back to something we were already saying, and that everything that was made wasn't made out of stuff that's visible. In other words, like I was saying before, what we consider to be the building blocks of life, something even had to create those. Something Mm -hmm. had to bring those into existence. Um, Nothing that exists just created itself. We, we logically, we know that's impossible. Um, But kind of the, the point I want to make here, no matter what is theorized, no matter what, you know, no matter how intelligent we get, 
science is never going to be able to truly give us the answer of origins because it's something that's miraculous. And for all the good that science can do, science does not explain the miraculous. It cannot address the miraculous. That's something that, for one, uh, the events of creation happened a long time ago. So it's not observable. We can look at the evidence of things that have happened since then, but we have to make a lot of assumptions to really draw any conclusions of that from that. So it's not observable. It's not repeatable, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not something that you can uh, set up a lab or even write a computer program to do um, to replicate it. And really for, for science to truly address something, it has to be observable. It has to be repeatable. Um, you have to be able to, to, uh, draw logical conclusions from it. And there's, there's nothing logical really about God just speaking and creating things. It just happened. So it's by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. And I just want to um, dive into that word faith there. It says that um, that word is pistis, pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, um, it means of moral conviction or the truthfulness of God. So, you know, by the truthfulness of God, through the truthfulness of God, we understand that the world was made by God so that things that are seen were not made of things that, which did not appear. Right. Um, I probably butchered that verse completely, <laughs> adding that in or changing that um, because I'm not looking directly at the scripture in the same context that you are looking at it at. Um, but you get the idea. Yeah. Through the faithfulness of God, faith right. is what, what, what we see. What we trust in. I mean, yeah. at, at the end of the day, there was only, I mean, well, the only one who was there when it all began was God. In the beginning, God created. And now, not to, not not to tangent too much, but there is Scripture we can we can prove the Trinity at creation: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. all three in existence before things are made. Um, but just to keep it simple. In the beginning, God, he's the first, he's the cause, and there's there's no other witness. <laughs> there's no one else yeah. to tell us how it happened because no one else was there. N- nothing else, not even the building blocks of life were in existence at that point. Yeah. All things that we used to create, he had to create first. Right. 
Any ideas what we're going to do next week? Uh, no, but I did have <laughs> <laughs> I did have one thing to add. Okay. So it's hard to knock over a tree, a tree that's alive anyways. So keep those roots growing. Hmm. Stay strong, stay alive. Even, even a young tree, even a sapling is extremely hard to get out of the ground when it's well-rooted. True. And we just watched a tree get cut down this weekend, so <laughs> we know how difficult it is to, uh, to begin breaking things down when they're rooted well. So stay rooted, keep growing, and join us again next time. All right. Later, guys. This podcast is brought to you by the Pulse Church, with campuses located in Gassaway and Winfield, West Virginia. If you enjoyed today's episode or know someone who may benefit from listening, please share it. To learn more about the Pulse Church, visit thepulsechurch.com.